Yeah, good times. So here we are, and it is uh, episode 15. <laughs> we have arrived. 15. Haven't been shut down yet. No, man. I mean, we're not really subject to the FCC or the FCA or the SCCA or the, the FBI SBC. or the CIA. Or Nothing the... with initials. Man, people love acronyms. I don't like acronyms. You never know if what you, they mean. If you want to lose me on a Bible study, just do an acronym. My favorite is that we'd go to these Calvary Chapel things, and it's like, like take the Bible College, uh, Myriad of Hot Springs up there. They have the conference center. So it's the Calvary Chapel Christian Conference Center, Myriad of Hot Springs, CC, CCC, MHS. So you, you, they spray paint this stuff on like their music stands and stuff. It's like, how's anybody supposed to know what that is? Yeah, just say CC. It's like, yeah, this belongs to Cross, Calvary Chapel, whatever it is. Cross cool. Connection, whatever. Cross Connection. Acronyms. Well, like uh, Jason was telling me about this youth group that was, uh, they had a drive, like a saying, like a thing was praising out our problems praising out our problems yeah so you got problems so you just worship until they go away yeah i guess so you okay. know, yeah but, I'm, but the I'm acronym the, the acronym didn't work <laughs> yeah and then another no, one they was, didn't yeah and then one of them was worship 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 teaching and fellowship yeah that's not good either no you got to watch your acronyms so just stay away from acronyms yeah absolutely isn't there a form of that in the psalms though where there's um yeah, acrostics. Acrostics. Psalm 119 is the longest acrostic of the Bible. There you go. But it's not like cross stitch, but it's like acrostics. So it, yeah. like they, yeah, it's like a heading. Each each stanza of Psalm 119, the longest psalm, fits with the letters of the Hebrew alphabet in order. Whoa. There's some thought that went into that. It's like the resistor chart BB, R, Y. I, all these stand for, uh, you know, black, blue. They all on the resistor chart all stand for values, and you can remember what they are. Resistor chart? Like, is this wiring stuff? Or like, yeah, for resistors. Back oh, in the day okay. when there was resistors, every band on a resistor has a different color. And there's oh, a, okay. A code to that. And you go to Radio Shack and buy that stuff. And is Radio Shack stuff. still they're around? Not around? I don't think they're still around. I don't know why they would be. I mean, fries. Buy it on Amazon, around. man. Buy everything. Yeah, two local bike shops shut down here. Because of Amazon? I think it had a big part to do with it. Cause you I can, wouldn't be you know, surprised. All the extras, because bike shops don't make that much on bikes. They no. make a little bit when all they the fix other little bikes. stuff. But yeah, it's the helmets and chains and tubes. Water and bottles that. and spandex. Stretchy pants. Spandex. So, I, you know what? Another Man, one. I was driving back from um, the coast on Saturday uh-huh. on Del Dios Highway. And I was like watching all the cyclists. You are taking your life into your own hands riding Del Dios Highway on a bicycle. Yeah, I don't I don't like the road bike thing because that, that looked just like straight up dangerous. Well, you're next to the cars, but they're slower than motorcycles. I mean, <sighs> motorcycles, hey, live, live loud pipes save lives, let's be honest, right? The more, yeah, more yeah. But all you got on your little bi- bicycle is that little tick thing on your Well, that's you, not going to Maybe you got that little, you know, peewee horn. I got a bell for my bike actually. Just yesterday. It's the law in Germany, you have to have a bell on your bike. Really? Yep. Even if, if you're a mountain biker. Is that, yeah, to alert. Ding, um, ding. Yeah. Yeah, I have that to let, because. I used to really tick the, the cyclists off on the, when I would go trail running, I'd have my headphones on. I can't hear their little ringing thing. Well, the thing that I have on the mountain bike. They give me bad looks when they'd ride by. Oh, the thing I have on the mountain bike is somebody's like, 
walking down the trail, got their earbuds in, and they have their, you know, Fluffy the Labrador on his 12-foot leash taking Uh up the entire trail. And you try to be polite, and you go, on your left. On your left. On your left. And you say it again, and they don't hear you because they're listening to their music. And then when you smack them aside the head when you rode back? No, but when you pass them, then they start cursing at you. Oh. And I say... You say, share the road, man. Share the road. Bless and curse not, brother. That's right. Yeah. And you know, King James, that'll fix it. So anyway, and then, and then invite them to cross connection. There you go. We'll see you at church on Sunday. Well, it depends. I mean, you know, it's all good. If they're knuckleheads, I invite them to the church down the street for sure. I mean, if they're all God's people, right? We want them all here. We, we do. Even okay. the knuckleheads, we can straighten them out. I I'm, probably not. I'm kind of a redeemed knucklehead. Me too. There you go. Um, it's good to be a redeemed knucklehead. Well, how it, was the it weekend? Proves the transforming power of Jesus. Weekend was good. You had a good time um, camping in the mountains. Yeah, we were the fellowship, all the kids and everything. We Man, all of a sudden in the middle of May, it's getting cold around here. It was like forty or less degrees there in the mountains. It's gray and kind of crummy looking outside right now. It well, yeah, it was horrible, and I felt really bad because it was super, super cold. And well, I was in my camper. Mm. It was it's a hard war- knock life. It was warm and toasty. I have to say, that's good. Yeah. I may never tent camp again. We'll see. I wouldn't. It's kind of nice. I, I would joke around. I go, I couldn't hear you guys out there shivering. I was, you know, in the jacuzzi. <laughs> so they're like, in my, you got a jacuzzi? I, not really. In my eight by six yeah, camper. My $2,000 camper living the life of luxury, man. <laughs> oh, 12 well. square feet. Hey, the roof didn't leak. Hey, that's all, that's that's all, all good, man. Good, man. It, did you get rain? No, no, no. Oh, okay. You know, we get that... Uh, Kind of like the heavy dew, kind uh, of like you know, yeah. tree perspiration stuff. Mm-hmm, so. mm-hmm. They saw mountain lion. Yeah, Nick Le- was telling me that legit mountain lion running around. We got so. those around here. Yeah, a few of them. So they were all worried the children to be eaten. I'm like, there is not a self-respecting mountain lion within five miles of here after they hear those kids on the trail. Oh boy, throwing sticks and singing praise songs. It was glorious. Yes, indeed. So yeah, things here were pretty good. We had a good time going through. Uh, well, you know, I wasn't. I was not planning on teaching this last weekend. Pastor Roberto was going to teach for me. Yeah, what? where's the love, man? What, what happened? Pastor Roberto sent me a text message at 2 o'clock in the afternoon on Saturday, and he got in a mountain bike accident. Bummer. I'm not entirely sure he was being honest. I think he just didn't want to teach on Sunday. So you think he was faking it with the cast yeah, and Roberto the, would the never sling and Roberto, all that? Roberto's too good a guy to ever do that. Yeah. Maybe he thought you were profiling him because it was Cinco de Mayo. It was Cinco de Mayo. And so I had to I had to pull it together and, and get a message together for Sunday morning I, by God's grace. I heard your Cinco de Mayo message. You listened to it? I did. I did. So, man, you just, you have been rolling one. It's one not me, through. man. I'm blaming John. Okay, I'm just saying, like, you you have beaten the one through four, five through eight. You, you are beating that thing to death. I mean, you should probably do a, your own little commentary just on that, you know. Nah. How to teach that 12 different ways. Nah. Yeah. It's a challenging passage, though. Well, there's a lot there. There is a lot there. There's a lot there that makes a lot, a well, lot of Well, you know, I figure I've dedicated so many years to talking about Paul. I need to I need to exercise the book of John a little bit. Well, he, was, he was the, you know. He was disciple. the disciple whom Jesus loved. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he was, he was faster than Peter. Very humble man. Very totally humble. humble. Absolutely. A real religious man. Oh. Okay, well, hey, we got questions. We should probably answer those. All right, let's and, do that. Yeah, I've got a, you know, it's hard to believe, but I might have a take on one or two of these. Oh, that's great. Okay, what did you mean when you said quotations? We got air quotes. Air quote, 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 quote. quote. Okay. 
your sin will find you out. Why are we doing that? It's like there's a camera in here. There's nobody in here but us. Someday there'll be a camera. Someday there'll be, be a camera. A YouTube. We'll, Heaven we'll help own, us. We'll I've, have our own TV show. I've got a face for podcasts. Our YouTube TV show. So when you said um, uh, your, your sin, sin will find, will find you, out. you out. Well, I didn't say it. I just quoted the Bible said it. Numbers chapter 32, verse 23. So there Moses told the people, if you, uh, if you don't obey the Lord, hey, be careful. Don't you know? You have sinned against the Lord and your sin will find you out. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, the basic basic idea to that is that there are consequences to sin. You don't get away with nothing. Well, absolutely. There's a the practical application I've seen in in ministry is, um, let's just talk about like in in like gnarly marriage things, and like um, how did she find out about your affair? Well, there was a text message that was sent and left open. There was an email. There was a credit card receipt. It's always something. Yeah. And there's a progression of that. And because I think because honestly, because God loves God you. God loves you. I was just going to say, yeah. I think, you know, it's evidence of God's love. He's not going to let you keep doing this. Exactly. In I fact, think... we're going to get to a really interesting verse, which I mm-hmm. guarantee is going to cause some questions when we get there in First John, where it talks about a sin not leading to death and a sin leading to death. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm not going to go there yet because we, we're probably at least five years away from getting there in First John, the rate we're going. But... Um, <laughs> but but I mean you know not at one and a half speed no no God loves you so much he's not going to let it go uh, unnoticed that you're walking in sin and you're walking in darkness so exactly you have to realize that the just the fact that you got caught Mm -hmm. is that's God's grace yeah if you get caught before it gets really serious and has affects everybody else around you that's God's grace and it's it's a true evidence that he loves you what's that old saying no good deed goes unpunished is that how it goes I've heard that said many times I think you could also say no no sin goes unpunished that's for sure it definitely doesn't it goes unnoticed and you know and there's a there's a proverb too good old uh, wise man Solomon Proverbs chapter 11 he says there the wicked uh, will not go unpunished so I mean that's pretty pretty clear yeah, what, what I what I've seen is is there's always something. So I tell people all the time. I said, you know, sin makes you stupid. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you talking about? Kind of like marijuana. I heard that makes you stupid it too. Absolutely can, especially when you're young. Yeah, but um, not good for the brain. The it you get sloppy. Uh huh. And you're kind of like this dumb oxen that gets led. I think there's an illustration. Mm-hmm. It's like this dumb oxen that gets led to the slaughter doesn't know. And that's literally what happens when you're when you're in sin like that and it finds you out. And I, I think it's a really I, I want the T V rights to this. I got an idea for a really cool reality show. You and I can narrate it. Ooh. It's gonna be called Twenty Three and Me. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you can use that name. Some okay. It's probably trademarked. Okay. Well maybe your sin will find you out. I don't know. Something uh-huh. but with all these genetic tests and people are finding out that, you know... They've got a brother or a sister they didn't know about. Yeah, or a grandma isn't grandma or a grandpa isn't grandpa okay, or something so like that. Okay, so one of our good church members here who's in the law enforcement community, Ooh. he was telling me... Hang that, on a second. Dun, 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 dun. Okay, yeah. Got, yeah. So, so these the genetic man. tests in the fine the print, in the fine print of the genetic, genetic tests, when you send your thing off to genealogy.com or 23andMe... That uh, in the fine print, the FBI gets to use that for their database, and they're finding all kinds of criminals. Wow! Yeah, that's, yep, yep, that's yep. wild. The other they one call that's... you up and they go, "Hey, um, you happen to have like a, a near relative that once lived in Cincinnati in like the 1970s?" They're like, "Yeah, that was my uncle Bob." It's like, "Hey, do you know where he's at? Because he's wanted for rape." So yeah, 
Not good. Definitely. You know what I found out? What? Because I haven't taken the... I'm not taking the test. You're not taking the test? No. You might find out that you're more beast than man. Well, that's true. I'm just glad if I test positive for human. But anyway, uh, my brother took it. And like, I'm I'm 1% from Africa. No, your brother is. Well, my brother is. Yeah. I think I'm he more... He might not be your real brother. Uh, no, he's my no, real brother. I can tell. Yeah. But you know what? I'm more African you than him. You guys do kind of look like. Uh, yeah, a little, just a little, a little bit. little family yeah. resemblance. You know what's scary, though? My kids look like they could be your brothers. True. True. Everybody, everybody goes, is that a you know what? kid? I'm from... My family's from the southern portion of Europe. Your family's from the southern portion of Europe. We kind of all look the same. Exactly. You know, when I was in you know Italy what? years all ago... All you Italians look the same. We do. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, not the northern Italians, but okay. the, when I was in Italy years ago, the, people just strike up conversations with me in Italian, and I just looked at them like, dude, I'm American. I don't speak one language. Well, here's what's crazy. I go to the Portuguese thing, as they, yeah. look, they call it a festa, which happens at Pentecost. Festa in Portuguese. And it's a celebration, you know, of everything Portuguese. Kind of yeah. like the, you know, big fat Greek wedding. Is there something to celebrate from Portugal? Well, it's, they're celebrating uh, because the majority of them are Catholics. Yeah. Hang on. Oh, good. I, I genuflect. Did, you I, had genuflect. Had to, I had to do a hand signal. Right on. But the majority of them are Catholics, but I will go down there with my mom or, you know, in family some, once, once in a while. And they go to the Feshta because it celebrates Pentecost and it's centered around the Catholic Church. And they have mm. a parade and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But Do you um, march in the parade? No. Nope. I'm not okay. a parade marcher guy. Bummer. But I go to eat malasadas and linguiça. What's malasada and linguiça? Oh, it's, malasada is like a, it's a Portuguese donut. I like donuts. Yeah, and it's we, all in cinnamon. We got lots of donuts here. Glorious. On and then linguice is a sausage. It's really good. You, you, you'd really like it. We had it at the barbecue guys thing. All right. That little... Pre- anyway, so I go down there and the little Portuguese women come up to me and just start rattling off to me in Portuguese. And I understand very, very little. But, but it's kind of funny. My wife... In fact, of it. My, of it. They, my wife got profiled there. Yeah. She went to go buy malasadas. They wouldn't sell her malasadas. They when knew she was she's with an me. outsider. Yeah, she's Ooh, white. And, and and so, and I went up there and they were like, they couldn't sell me enough of them. And she's like, you got to be stinking kidding me. Man, oh man. Oh, man. Anyway. Um, yeah, so. Europeans, um, yeah. Your um, your things done in darkness will be brought to light. If not now, when you stand before the Lord. Right. You don't get away with things. You just Because don't. God's loving. Now, uh, that might frighten some people. And that's why we, we we need Jesus because he bore our sins. And he deals with the punishment for our sins. That's why you just fess up and ask for forgiveness, man. That's First John 1, 9. Confess exactly. your sins. He's faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you. Get the sin monkey off your back. That's right. All right. So you that was need, easy. You don't need that kind of guilt or no, shame. I still, want, I still want the rights of that program. That'll be amazing. Dose. All right. Shut me down. First question is on Mark 69 through 19. What, this, ooh, ooh. Yes. Why were these verses added to the scriptures? My second question is, what's going on with taking up serpents and drinking anything deadly? It's a good question. I don't drink diet soda, so I'm good. But anyway. Diet soda's not deadly. No? Well, I'm sure someone will come and tell me it is. How about Red Bull? I, yeah, both hey, of those Hey, Roberto things. just walked by and, and he's, he's... in a sling. I guess maybe he, he was hurt. I wasn't faking after all. Oh, well. I don't know. That sling don't look legit. Oh, well. Man, oh, we'll man. You he know plays what? it off really well. Let's well, at least he's still alive. Praise uh, Jesus. Let's go hit him in the arm and see if he screams. Ooh, All right. ouch. Okay. All right. uh, anyway. Mark 16, 9 through 19. Why were these verses added to the scriptures? Okay, well, that's that's an assumption. We don't know that they were added to the scriptures. So um, what this is highlighting is that there are, you know, different English translations. And those different English translations, which I think we've talked about on the podcast before... They are built off of different manuscripts from the Old Testament. 
and different groups of manuscripts. And the translation that we primarily read from here at the church is the New King James Version, which was built off of the Old King James Version. You, we like the Old King Jimmy, right? Absolutely. King Jimmy's a man. And the Old King James Version was first translated into English in 1611. And uh, that was based on some older manuscripts, which are called the Textus Receptus, the Received Text. And then as time has gone by, especially in the 19th century, there was a lot more manuscript evidence found. Uh, you know, archaeologists were doing a lot of digs. Qumran and, and whatnot. Be all those. over the place. Now, oh, yeah. Qumran didn't come until the 20th century, oh, okay, 1947, right. somewhere around there. I've been there. It's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. It looks a lot like East County, San Diego, the desert. Uh, but anyway, so, um, so yeah, so there was a lot of archaeology being done in the 19th century and a lot of manuscripts being found in the 19th century. And so you got a lot more manuscript evidence. So many of the new modern English translations like the English Standard Version, New Living Translation, New International Version, a lot of them, they, they go off a different group of manuscripts, the Alexandrian texts, the Codex Sinaiticus, the Codex Vaticanus, all these, these cool names. And uh, there are manuscripts that do have Mark chapter 16, verses 9 through 16 in them. And there's manuscripts that don't have verses 6 through 19 in them. And so there's question about whether or not that was in the original. And uh, so if you don't believe that that was in the original, then you don't have to deal with they will take up snakes and be bitten and not die and they will drink poison which is pretty weird, some pretty weird stuff. But if you believe that those were in the original text, then uh, you got to wrestle with those. And there's lots of lots of writings on how to handle this. I'll just tell you, if you take that out, there's a lot of Pentecostal churches that are going to be really upset. Man, man, I... We don't have a snake handling thing here. We really it's don't. A, it's a very, very, very small segment of people that handle venomous snakes uh, as a part of their worship, which let's just be really candid... That's a bad idea. <laughs> there, you ain't never going to find me picking up poisonous snakes. I mean, I've been told since I was a little kid, stay away from the ones with the triangle heads. There you so, go. Yeah. So we just, you know, we don't, we don't mess with snakes. I'm, I was with uh, bike riding with Greg on and Monday. And I don't drink poison. Well, actually, you just said I drink, I drink Red Bull and diet soda. So it could be poison. I don't, there know. You go. I don't know. So I was with the uh, mountain biking with Greg the other day and uh, yeah. came across the trail. And there was about a nice, hat, about a three and a half foot banded king snake. Oh, okay. And uh, those are beautiful. Oh, they're they're gorgeous. And I was really into snakes as a kid, so you know, run over there, and pick it up. I did. Well, I I, I kind of wanted to get off the trail because I didn't want somebody to run it over. Yeah, and they're really super beneficial snakes. But Greg's like, "Are you sure that's not a rattlesnake?" You know, it's so funny. I I was running one day years ago, and I'm I'm coming around the corner, not too far from where you live, actually. And there was a big, like four and a half foot gopher snake coming across the yeah. street, and there was this bird that was like clearly not happy with the gopher snake it's like dive bombing the gopher snake and then there's these couple of kids off on the side of the road they were probably i don't know seven eight years old and i saw that big gopher snake he's in the middle of the street i didn't want him to get killed either i went over there picked that guy up and those kids you would have thought that i was some sort of magician like you, you were crocodile dundee this guy man. just showed up that was running down the street with big fluffy hair i had huge mane of hair back then and oh, i just man. showed up and picked up that snake man those kids were so they probably awe. think you took it home and ate it it was awesome no no i just got him off the street i let them pet it but they were like blown away they were watching it from a distance 
But man, I picked that snake up and seriously, Crocodile Dundee's exactly what they looked at. They were, they were thinking, huh? The snake charmer just ran in here and grabbed that snake. Well, one of the things that uh, king snakes do is they'll... They'll wag their tail. They'll that's rattle right. their tail like a rattlesnake. Yep. And so Greg's like, are you sure that's... I'm saying, I am very sure that's not a yeah. rattlesnake. But yeah. Anyway, good times. How did we get on that? We, I, we oh, handling snakes. Snake, so you yeah. were handling the snake the other day. I was, was handling a non-venomous snake. And it was not worship. Not a triangle head. No, I was, I was being a tree hugger. So anyway... Um, so, you know, God's creatures and all. Yeah, so, so those verses are I'm, just I'm really kind to God's creatures, the ones that I don't eat. So it's good. The rest of them, right next to the mashed potato, buddy. So anyway, so number three, because I think we've addressed that, right? I think, yeah, sure. Yeah, we, we, we'll we, call that answered. I'll call that good. Okay. What is the main purpose of free will? I really like this question. because it, it. Then I think you should probably answer it. Well, I'm going to just go right <laughs> to the practical level okay. here. And uh, you think of like in the human relationship, yeah, uh, something we refer to as love. Yes. Right? Yeah. I, and, I, I can see where you're going on this, and I think it's a good route. Yeah, it's it's of free will. Mm-hmm. And so um, I demonstrate my love and my dedication to the Lord out of free will. Uh-huh. Uh, God did not create robots to worship him. And right. so it's not a loving relationship that I have with him if... I didn't have a choice in making a commitment in that relationship. Much like in a marriage re- re- relationship, there is a commitment that's made there, uh, and it's done out of free will. For us in our American culture, it's yeah. done out of free will, and uh, we do so and because we chose that person and invited them to be part of our lives. And I know I talk a little bit about that when I do a wedding, Yep. because um, you know we invite guests to the wedding, but we invite our bride, in my case, you know, my bride, to be part of my life and to mm-hmm. take care of her and all that. And, and you uh, didn't force that? Didn't didn't force it. I mean, I scored. You okay? did. She was under delusion. I mean, there you go. I had to lie a lot. That was different. But anyway. <laughs> she figured it out too real quick. Now. It was too late now. Too late now. 32 there years There were in. witnesses and vows. You're done. Absolutely. You said I do it. There done. were documents were signed. And so, um, but again, uh, and one of the ways I you know talk to people about Jesus, especially unbelievers, is, no, we have to invite Jesus into our life and in that relationship then he becomes the sacrifice for our sin. Well, the sacrifice was there, but we are able to take advantage of that. And yeah. so, uh, so we God comes into our lives and is the Lord of our lives by invitation, and that is a love invitation. It is a love relationship. And uh, I wasn't forced. My arm wasn't twisted, anything like that. The Crusades did not do a lot for really changing hearts. Hmm. I'm going to go there, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a, a forced relationship. No, it's a love relationship. So that's what free will is about if... Uh, and we have the in free will, we have the grace to make mistakes in that free will relationship because it shows where our hearts are. Truly. That's one angle on it. Yeah. You know, okay. So I was listening to a Jewish, uh, an Orthodox Jewish political pundit the other day. Uh, I listened to his interviews. Do I know his name? Uh, what's his name? Uh, I don't know what's his first name. Shapiro. I don't. What's his first name? I don't know. Ben Shapiro. Ben, ben Shapiro. Okay, yeah. He was interviewing this Ben Benjamin, a good Jewish Benjamin, name. Benjamin, yeah. Benjamin oh, Shapiro. Benjamin, yeah. You okay, know, yeah, Benji. Would you believe that Ben Shapiro was a lawyer? No, it's hard to believe. Hard man. to believe. Man, amazing race. Harvard Law. Harvard Law. Of course. Uh, he was interviewing a gal who I didn't know who she was, but apparently she's a you know a young conservative political commentator. Okay. But she is being interviewed by him and he asks her a question about theology because she does a podcast like us. 
And uh, I guess occasionally she talks about... Is she practically famous like us? She's way more famous than you. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> she got a lot more followers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, so um, she 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 does little segments on her political podcast on theology, which I really? like theology. I'm not yeah. as big on politics, but I like theology. And uh, so he asks her, you know, tell me a little bit about your theology. So you got an Orthodox Jew asking a Christian gal about her theology. And so she starts talking about how she's a reformed Calvinist. So he like inquisitively asks her, like, give me, give me some details on this. And so she's talking about God's sovereignty and she's talking about free will. And she's, you know, Calvinists, they, they lift up God's sovereignty above man's right. responsibility, yeah, yeah, man's yeah. free will. So she's given the whole thing. And then he looks at her uh, with kind of a funny look and he says, how do you square that circle? <laughs> and I thought, oh, that's pretty interesting. Uh, he was wanting to know, well, how, how do we hold people responsible if God is sovereign over all those things? So a uh, pretty interesting question. So anyways, um, that's a side point, but it does go back to this whole question about sovereignty or free will, because I'm assuming, you know, someone asks about free will. They're asking about God's sovereignty on this whole deal here. But yeah, I would go back to the same thing that you're talking about. What is the purpose or the main purpose of free will? Well, if you're a reformed Calvinist, nothing. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, you know, real strong reformed Calvinists do not highly value uh, free will. Now, I won't say that they straight up deny free will because I think that that would be um, strawmanning their position. Yeah. But um, but yeah, but they don't they don't highly um, value free will necessarily. Uh, some of them get pretty far into kind of a deterministic view of God that he determines all things. Uh, but anyways, I, I do think that there is a, a way in which the, the sovereignty of God and the free will of man go together. I think God has sovereignly decreed that man would have free will. And the reason he did that has a lot to do with his love. He's not going to force us to follow him. He's going to give us a choice and he's going to allow us to choose that. Now that gets into the whole thing of, well, then, you know, where does God's election go in this? And there's kind of two routes that people have taken on this. The two routes that the church has taken for the last 500 years post-Reformation is that if you lean more towards a strong sovereignty position on Calvinistic sort of view on these things, um, God foreknows what you're going to do because he determined it. He decreed right. that you would believe in him. And so he's chosen you because he has decreed that you would believe in him. So that's one view. And then there's the other side of that, which because of God's foreknowledge, he knows who will choose him. And so he elects them. So this is a long standing discussion between Christians, but I, I like to look at it like this. So if you take, for example, you kind of hypothesize that you've got a person who used to go to church and they seemed like they were walking with Jesus and they were, you know, involved in the whole church thing. And then they're not there anymore. A few years mm -hmm. goes down the road and then you find out from someone that, yeah, you know, that person's kind of returned to a life of sin. If you talk to a person who's a Calvinist, they're going to say, well, that, that person never was saved and uh, they need to repent. They need the gospel. They need to repent. If you talk to a person who's a non-Calvinist, they're going to say, well, that person may have lost their salvation. They need to repent. Right. They both kind of come to the same conclusion on this, that the person needs the gospel. They need to repent. So, um, so yeah, I don't know if that answers the question of free will, but what is the purpose of free will? Well, uh, God desires that we would choose him as he gives the appeal to the gospel to us by the spirit, by preachers and so forth. And uh, that we would turn to him in faith. Well, lay it, I'll lay it out for you like this too. It's like, are you taking your mom out for Mother's Day because you really love her and get her a gift because you really love her and appreciate her? Or are you doing it because you just have to? Yeah, the difference between what C.S. Lewis talked about, duty or delight. Duty. 
Yeah. If you do it out of duty, it's like if you showed up tonight yeah, or delight and you came home from work and you walked in the door and you said to Missy, Missy, I got you a dozen roses because it's my duty to do so. Is that like I got you a dozen roses because I don't want to get yelled at tomorrow? I got you a dozen roses because this weekend is Mother's Day and I'm supposed to do this. It's my duty. You have to pay homage. I'm sure she's be, she'd be real happy about that gift. Oh, so excited. She'd be so happy about that gift. Oh, yeah. she'd probably yeah. immediately, you know, cook you up a steak. Not. Probably not so much. Not. No, that, I wouldn't do that. See, I don't feel like that. That's yep. a love relationship. You got these roses because it's your delight to do so. Work. Dude, we're, yeah. Forget that. That's amateur hour, bro. Yeah, man. Duty or delight. The mother of my children? Come on. Yeah. Yeah. So... Anyway, should we move on from free will? Probably should. Do we have will. a choice to free do that? Free will. Is yeah. it determined that we should? Well, we're predestined to because there's a number four. There is a number four. Yeah. I don't believe in predestination, but I do believe in predesperation. <laughs> That's when you're like 30 years old at the single group at church. You're not married. You're pre, you're pre, you get pre, pretty desperate sometimes. So oh, my. Don't hurry that one up, ladies. Don't get a bad one. Man, oh, man. All right. Is I got nothing but trouble with Mark Childers. Oh, yeah. Number four. Quattro. Quattro. Okay. Is struggling with depression the same as walking in darkness? I assume the walking in darkness was from John when you were talking about those who are walking in darkness, but, mm -hmm. you know, claiming to maybe be in the light. Is that what mm. we're talking about? Is struggling with depression the same as walking in darkness? The no. answer is no. No. However. Yeah, I think I, I would say however or but on this one too. Yeah, there's a but and a however coming online. Yeah. Okay. I say there's a good chance you'd be depressed if you're walking in darkness. Exactly. If you're <laughs> If you are claiming to be in the line. Yeah, you're trying to be the do the Christian thing. And you're you're pretending to be a Christian and you're walking Don't walk the line. Your joy will be gone and you will be depressed. Yeah, and that's that's a good thing. That depression hopefully should drive you to repent and draw near to Jesus. That is a very clear signal that the Holy Spirit is residing in you and is grieved by what you're doing. Okay, but I'm sure you've met and I I've certainly prayed with and prayed for some people over the years who uh they're pretty down, they're pretty depressed, they're not doing so well. And one of the things that's kind of playing into that depression is a lot of guilt over things that they've done a long time ago. Absolutely. And it's like, hey, listen, if you've if you've confessed your sin, just like First John one nine says, confess your sin. He is faithful and just to forgive and to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. If you've confessed your sin, you've repented of it, you turn to the Lord. That sin's dealt with. It's pardoned. You no right. longer have to live in the shame and the guilt and the darkness of that that whatever you've done in the past. Right. And the, but there's a lot of people that still hold on to that, and they don't really right. realize how you know I am set free. Right. It's for song. liberty that I'm set free. Yeah, that's a great song. I love it that song. It is a good song. Um, so that's part of it. I also think sometimes um, that can be the sin of somebody else in your family. That's that's things are going on and you get drug into it and, and can really lead you down a really, really hard road. We have the example of Aiken we talked about the other yeah, day, you know, yeah, where no, his sin no bueno. was dragging everybody else down. But yeah, and now, and obviously there's real depression, clinical yeah, depression. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We're not talking about that. Um, and unfortunately, it seems to be significantly on the rise in our culture. What do you, why do you think that is? I think a lot of comparison. People people are looking at the lives of other people through a very highly curated social media channels. It's like you don't take pictures of like the bad things that are going on in your life and post it on Instagram. You you take pictures of the the fun things you're doing with fun people, eating good dinners, and then other people see that and they compare themselves to it. Or you know, comparisons it's a killer, man. If you're constantly comparing your the things you do or don't have to what other people do or don't have, and yeah, that's... And the Bible tells us we ought not compare ourselves to one another. Those who we compare should... themselves by themselves are not wise. Yeah. They're not yeah. smart. It's not good for you. It, it leads to covetousness, which is a sin. That's correct. 
and That's covetousness great. will leave you pretty depressed. Jealousy right. and covetousness. And I, you know, I've, I've I've run into quite a few people that are, um, you know, they'll say their teenage son is suffering from depression. Uh huh. And I'm thinking, what has that kid got to be depressed about? And when you really get down to the bottom of the thing, he's doing stuff or seeing stuff. Or he's involved in things that he's not supposed to. Yet he's claiming to walk in the light. It certainly can't happen as, right? as a youth pastor yeah. many times. Right. And it wasn't a clinical depression so much. It was more of a spiritual. There's some guilt going on there. Yeah, there's some guilt. And guilt, guilt definitely is depressing. Yeah, there's right? a lot of levels to that. A lot of layers, shall we say. Yeah. Kind of like... Uh, People throw around that depression word, but there's clinical depression and then there's just... And there's a lot of things that yeah. can add to depression. Like if you sit down with a, a good, you know, licensed therapist, family therapist, good Christian therapist, they're going to go through like, hey, what what's the root cause of this thing? What's causing this this depression, what's causing this black cloud over your head. And sometimes you can identify that, yeah, there's some things here that are sin that are leading to that. Sometimes, you know, you're going through a really hectic, horrible thing. I can't think of a better way to deal with the blues, if you will, than to draw near to Jesus, get as close to him as you possibly can, establish some spiritual disciplines in your life. Now, there are times where you're going to need to see a, a doctor. Maybe there's some chemical issues in the body that needs to be helped and dealt with, but you know, also establishing some strong spiritual disciplines of spending time in devotion with the Lord and in prayer and fellowship with other brothers and sisters. You know, there's a lot of people that are depressed these days because they, they're really lonely. That's why connection with people is so important. Life yeah. in connection. Yeah. I exactly. heard that somewhere. Yeah, somewhere. So there's a couple of guys are really all about that, right? I know a mm. whole church mm. is a little bit about that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's good for us. God made us for that. Just look for orange. Look, you find the orange. Find the orange. Sign, orange pants, yeah, orange, orange pants, donuts. Orange glasses. Love the orange. We need orange Bibles. There you go. Anyway. Well, you know, and you know, I'm just was just thinking about it. Mother's Day uh -huh. is coming up this mm -hmm. weekend. Uh-huh. Boy, that's a hard one. Some of the Christian gals who in their previous life have had abortions. Or they've uh, lost a baby. Or lost or a baby or this or that. Babies. That's a really Man, that's that's a hard first funeral I ever did was for a family that had a stillborn birth. That's that was horrible. Rough. Very hard. Yeah. Very hard. And, you know. And Mother's Day brings all that back. Absolutely. And then some people who are celebrating Mother's Day for the first time, their mom passed away this last year. That's challenging. Yeah, it can be a, a, a real challenge. Just realize that God's in it. So You know, sometimes I think um, when people are going through heavy things where their heart is heavy, mm -hmm. we just need to acknowledge that there's been some painful things they've gone through. And, you know, how do we, how do we move forward from that? Some people have a very hard time moving forward from painful things that have either been done to them or that they've experienced and they need some, some encouragement, some prayer, some very clear steps about moving forward to, to move forward away from those things. Right. That's one of the things I like about counseling, either formal or informal, uh -huh. a counsel either with a pastor, um, uh, somebody at church or a, a healthcare professional, yeah. you know, a mental health care professional. Um, it's, it's sometimes you just why there does not need to be that elephant in the room. Yeah. Just let's talk about it. Let's yeah. get it out there. Let's get it. Let, let's, uh, let's acknowledge and it. And let's not keep carrying the elephant on your yeah. shoulders for the next yeah. 20 years. And let's, let us move on. Mm -hmm. Let's put sin where sin needs to be. So, okay. Uh, so depression. Yeah. I think we got, we answer that and then some, okay. Number five, as I cannot be without sin, why wouldn't Matthew 7, 1 apply to me versus John 2, 4? What about forgotten and therefore unconfessed sin? Hmm. Uh, well, I, I guess we should probably read these verses just so we, uh, we, we know exactly what's going on here. Matthew 7, 1 is a 
very famous verse that non-Christians like to use against Christians sometimes. Judge not that you be not judged. And then First uh, John 2, 4, where we're, we're, we're headed here. Soon. They're, like, they're like, stop judging me just because I only me. believe in science. science. Yeah. Yeah. First uh, John 2, 4. He who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar. And liar. the truth is not in him. This is someone's reading ahead. This is... This is a, a good disciplined disciple here. They're reading ahead, seeing where we're going. They're jamming you up, bro. Okay, so I'm not 100% sure um, these verses together with this question, but, um, you know, well, let's just let's just start with the, the judge not that you be not judged passage. You know, sometimes people, uh, they want to use that to say that we, we're never supposed to judge anyone, but that's not what it says because the, the next verses say, for with the judgment that you judge, it will be, you will be judged, and the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your own eye, or in your brother's eye, and do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye, and look, there's a plank in your own eye. Hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. So I'm assuming, maybe you're reading something else out of this question, that, uh, you know, First John 2, 4, it, it's kind of, coming down on the person who's, you know, not walking in righteousness. Uh, he who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. Maybe they're thinking that if you're calling someone a liar, like John is in this passage, then you're judging and you should not be judging. But really in the context of uh, Matthew 7, 1, it's like John can see clearly because he's removed the plank out of his own eye and he's identifying that, you know, you are saying that you are a follower of Jesus and your life is not, it's not following that up. I mean, you're not walking in accordance with your profession. Yeah. And I, I think that it talks about the forgotten and therefore unconfessed sin. Um, you know, there's not a, like this, you know, stream of sin coming out of you and like the ones you didn't confess or, or, uh, didn't realize that you had done and like, Oh, they're piling up in a pile over there. They're going to get yeah, you. Yeah. It's, it's not how it works. Oh, oh, here they come. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> I, I didn't know if you're going into an 80s song or you what know, the deal. You got you got a whole bunch of sins that are going to creep up on you and take you out. There you go, man. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think if there's something in your life that the Lord wants to deal with, He's going to identify that. Yeah, I mean, you, uh, I am sure I have sinned with my driving or something and not known. I mean, mm, they call that a sin of omission. Is that what it is? Yeah. So, like, I'm driving like a Pentecostal. I'm driving like with the spirit of darkness is behind me. You know, very spiritually. Hmm. I mean, I'm sure I could tick somebody off. I'm sure. But not on purpose. Yeah. But anyway. So, unconfessed sin. I, yeah, I think I think we answered that. Yeah. I'm, if they didn't, they can get a so. hold of us again and we'll beat it to death. Maybe yeah, if we didn't answer me. your question, just send you it know, again. There's always a second round. Number six. Stuff. Okay, number six. Um, well, was there like a five, 2.5? Yeah, one? I don't, I'm having a hard time understanding that. That 2.5 or 5.2, whatever we want to call it there. Yeah. So, because it's not a complete sentence we got there. Mm, so, we're yeah, going to leave that yeah. alone. Maybe that person will get back a hold of us and maybe they left something out in yes. the text stream. So, number six is sacrifice to the God, little g, Molech in the Old Testament, comparable to modern day abortion? Question mark. Boy, in some respects, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. Di- the disregard for li- human life. Right. Um, it's murder. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, in these cases, I believe these children were the um, result of uh, pregnancies 
uh, some of them from the temple. Was I told? Yeah, before? no, I'm not. I'm not 100 percent sure that there's good evidence on that. But I mean, there were there were various gods, lowercase g, yeah. just like whoever sent this in. They they made sure it was lowercase. Very accurate. Yeah. Uh, there's various gods in different cultures where human sacrifice was offered. One of them was the Ammonites that they offered their children to this false god named Moloch, and uh, in really barbaric and horrible ways. And so uh, these little children. Yeah, I read it about it. Pretty cruel. Like yeah. gnarly. Yeah, you know, there's um, there's some references in the scriptures in the Old Testament to the valley of the son of Hinnom, which is sometimes we refer to it as Gehenna, which is outside the walls of Jerusalem to the west of Jerusalem. And um, it's believed that there was a period of time where uh, people were offering their children to this false god Moloch out there in the valley of the son of Hinnom. And uh, just a horrible, horrible thing. But, you know, when you start to look at some of the uh, evidence or archaeology and history on this whole thing, you realize that uh, one of the reasons that they would offer their children to this god Moloch was for financial prosperity, future financial prosperity for the family. So, I mean, if you look at uh, all the millions of children that have been um, sadly slaughtered through abortion, and a lot of times, uh, you know, out of expediency or because this just doesn't fit with my plan or, you know, the future, I'm not going to be able to take care of myself. I can't be a single mom or the, the guy who is involved in this pregnancy is split and ain't going to be his part in the whole situation. Right, right. I mean, there's, there's a myriad of reasons why a woman might feel compelled or feel the need to go to an abortion clinic. And, you know, I, it's such a horrible situation for anyone to ever have to be in that situation. And, um, it's unfortunate that it's become kind of a standard practice in the Western world, and we've exported it around the world as well to where it's kind of like this is a standard way of what we call birth control now, which is just it's just wrong. It's immoral. It's wrong. I mean, we will always be pro-life and always against abortion. And, um, and so, yeah, in some sense, um, I do think that people are sacrificing this life that is a, a human life, a little baby human life, for uh, the potential of maybe future for us prosperity because I just I just can't do this right now. This is going to make my life more difficult. Whatever it may be, I don't know the reasons why someone would do that. And I, I want to speak very tenderly on this one because I, I know some people who they they found themselves in that point um, years ago and, and had an abortion. And, um, you know, when you look at that whole situation, it's, uh, it's something that causes, like when we're talking about depression, I mean, right. the, the right. statistics are very, very high. Women who have had an abortion uh, the the reality of depression is a much bigger thing in their life as the years go by because it just weighs upon them the guilt of all of that and the shame that goes along with it. And uh, we don't want people to be stuck in guilt and shame and God can bring forgiveness and grace in that situation. Um, but for the person that finds themselves in a position where they have a pregnancy that they did not plan on, uh, I think that there are better ways to deal with that absolutely that are in accordance to the scriptures than uh, than abortion. Yeah, and I think it's I I, I got a surprise one time because I remember I mentioned that from a pulpit, right? And there was a lot of downcast faces. And yeah, I was looking at some of the statistics, and I think in, they said it. There's a chance in your church when you're talking about this that it's it can be one in three. Yeah, that's what I've heard. As well. Women in your church could have uh, had an abortion, and mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Uh, we definitely want to. While we're totally against it. Uh, I think one of the things the church is trying to be better at, and I know we've taken great pains to uh, do, is there is forgiveness in that. Right, right. There is counseling for that. And that was your old life. Let's not do that again. That was your old life. And that is behind you. And, and yes, it was a serious mistake, but you do not have to have that mistake determine your entire future. Yeah. And uh, uh, in an unhealthy way. Uh, right. Jesus, part of the sacrifice on the cross, 
covered that too. Uh, but uh, yes, we're very, very firmly pro-life here, and, and our congregation that, is too. You know, and I, I'm sure you've interacted with some people over this before too. I've had some conversations over the years of of women who found themselves in that position in the past where they had right. an abortion, and you know, it's an amazing thing that has has happened in our culture that for a long time and still even today, a lot of women are told when they're in that process of considering abortion that don't worry, it's not life, it's just a lump of tissue and this or that, and so. Um, they, the reality of what's taking place doesn't hit them until years later when they right. realize that, wait a minute, I think that was a life. And they come to the realization of what I believe is very scriptural and also biologically proven that life begins at conception. So, so a lot of women who go through that, they were told by culture, they were told by even, you know, medical professionals in a, an abortion clinic setting that don't worry, it's not a life. And then years later, it comes back to them and just the weight of that and the guilt of that and the shame of that. And God wants us to be able to experience his forgiving grace and to walk forward from that. Um, but we would we would love nothing more than to see abortion be a thing of the past in our country, in our culture. Amen. Amen. So, um, yes, it does. It, it definitely uh, has some, some crossover there. It's not mm-hmm. the exact same thing, but definitely a lot of the same heart and reasons yeah. and the spirit to it definitely can be the same. Uh, that was heavy. Yeah, man, dude. But we answer every question. Yes. And I hope that presented some hope to people, too. Mm-hmm. It should. Yes. So, uh, number seven, in Matthew seven twenty one through 23, Jesus says, I, oh, man, this is a great verse. I never knew you to the people who had said they cast out demons and did other deeds in the name of Jesus. By whose power did they do that? How are they different than us who claim to know God? And then the second part of that says, are, are those people mentioned in Matthew 7, 21 through 23, any different than Pentecostal or charismatic churches? I'm, I'm not going to be too quick to label people who are um, within kind of what we sometimes refer to as the word of faith movement or the more Pentecostal camp within the church as being lumped into the Matthew 7, 21 through 23. I think the, the real point of what Jesus is what saying. What if they're handling that, snakes? Hey, man. Handle snakes. I guess if you believe Mark 16, <laughs> 9 through 6, or 9 through 19 is a part of it, just yeah. I, I won't be there with you. you know? So, oh, talk about a mixed bag, us Christians, oh, huh? Man, man. Calvinist Ooh, and non Calvinist. Yeah. 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 But, yeah, know, yeah. Anyway. Okay. I won't go there. But, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So I won't take the bank bait, Mark Childers. Okay. I'm um, trolling. Yeah. So um, I, I'm not willing to lump people in who are more charismatic or more Pentecostal Christians. Cause I have a lot of great friends who have a more charismatic expression of Christianity and they love Jesus and they are good people. And they, uh, they pray for people with real passion for healing. And, and, you know, sometimes I got to say that they, uh, they see some healings maybe that we haven't, I don't know. Um, so I'm not willing to say that those are people who Jesus would say, those I don't pe- know you. Th- those people um, work up a sweat. It's like a, it's like a Christian, like some kind of a, a, Calisthenics, man. Christian yeah, calisthenics. It's a, yeah, it's like, calories. it's like CrossFit, but for go. Christians. We're going to yeah. start wearing Fitbits while we preach to find out how many calories we're burning. Exactly. Um, that, that'll be our new uh, our new workout routine. There you Let's go. Come on, preach a message with us. And you were Pentecostal. Calories. Yeah, you were in fat burn for 18 minutes and a 43-minute oh, message. Man, oh, yeah. man. Uh, where were we? Oh, yeah, depart from me, I never knew. Okay, so the context of what Jesus is saying there is not, he's not speaking to Pentecostals. He's saying that if Again, the same thing that we were looking at in First John. If your uh, profession that, hey, I believe in Jesus and Lord, Lord, and calling him Lord, 
but your life is not walking in the power of the gospel and your life is not um, moving closer toward the Lord and righteousness and all these sorts of things, then, you know, there there may be a rude awakening on the day you stand before Jesus and you say, I didn't really know you. You know, Christianity is not just a, uh, you know, a whole bunch of drills or tasks that if we do these things and we say the proper words, then we're going to have a, we're going to have salvation. Salvation begins with a relationship with Christ. So knowing God through Jesus Christ is the path towards salvation. Jesus said in John 17, three, this is eternal life that they may know him and Jesus Christ who know God and Jesus Christ whom he has sent. So eternal life and salvation begin with a knowledge of God, a relationship with God and not just uh, saying the right words or doing the right works, but there are words and works that proceed from that relationship as well. So any thoughts on this, Mark? No, I think you kind of said it. I mean, yeah. you know, I'm again. I, I mean, there was the question here, you know, um, by what power are these people doing these things? Um, yeah, I, I'm not 100% sure. I mean, there are people who um, who don't know God and yet God works through them, which is an amazing thing. I mean, God used Nebuchadnezzar. Right. So. There are some people, some theologians who believe we're going to see Nebuchadnezzar in heaven. Really? Yeah. Cool. I was just listening to a Bible teacher talk about that the other day, which would be interesting. That's going to be so cool, meeting all those people. Yeah. Like, wow. This great cloud of witnesses. Yeah. Can I get a witness? Amen. Praise Jesus. All right. Number eight. Number eight. Uh an admirable task here. I love yes. this. Oh, man. This is such uh, a good question. Did you ever know that you are my hero? I love it. Wow. Okay. You're going to break into Bette Midler? Yeah. Oh, you yeah. know it must well, be the Actually, end of the day. I am not a big Bette Midler uh, Wind Beneath My Wings fan. You just started singing. No, but Lou Rawls. I don't know who that is. That, oh, man. He, 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 he does it awesome. The, that's eight. the version. Okay. I'm going through the entire Bible cover to cover again good job chronologically this time Ooh. all right and i always want to skip to the genealogies <laughs> and laws yeah. you and me both i'm surprised they wrote them down they probably wanted to skip through them too um all the boring. air quote boring, boring bits. bits you mean there's some boring bits in the bible he's what kind of trying Christian to be nice you? yeah boring he's trying bits to be in nice. the bible it's okay call it Goodness what it is gracious not leave an elephant in the room you yes. should repent confess the less tasty tidbits of the bible the less action we're just gonna pour on the guilt on this yeah, one you should you confess your sin well we just spent what half an hour with dorothy our favorite Jewish man. theologian. We'll in give here. you some Jewish guilt right there here. There you go, man. Some She's Dorothy great. guilt. She's showing us how to. Yeah. And just, I know they're included for very good reasons, but can you give me some pastorly wisdom or encouragement as to why those shouldn't be skipped or pastorly permission to just go ahead and skip them? <laughs> oh, I love it. Love it. Man, oh, man. Well, okay, pastorly wisdom this. guy, come oh, on. You're a pastor too. You uh, got some pastorally I, I, wisdom on yeah. this one? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know. Okay, I'm I'm willing to confess. I, I have been guilty of skipping over some genealogies in the past. One or two? One or two. You know you know when they become really handy? Yeah. Is when some really smart guy uh -huh. you know, goes back and pulls something out of him and goes, Oh, so that's the guy. That's where he's from. Yeah. That took a lot of work, that Bible scholar guy. You know, there's one of the great ones. I want to say it's in Genesis chapter 5. When you look at the genealogy from, um, 
you know, from Adam through his son, Seth, and on mm-hmm. down to Noah. The, if you look at the meanings of the names, I'm sure you've seen this before, uh-huh. that the meanings of the names of the genealogies there, that it gives the entire gospel story of, you know, man has been, you know, devastated because of sin, but God is going to come and bring redemption and rest. And so the names of each of the people in that passage um, reveals this beautiful, beautiful story. So sometimes there are some amazing gems, like you said, that are found in those genealogies. Um, I I think as a general, just a, just something that, that, you know, I had somebody porn to me many years ago and, and when it came to teaching uh and sometimes, you know, it's by the Holy spirit that you're, you're going to teach sections of scripture and you're asking the Holy spirit to say, Hey, illuminate this for me. Yeah. Is there something here that you want me to spend some time on that, that our people need to know? Uh huh. Or sometimes when you're doing your, your devotion, you know, one of the things I ask for is Lord, may your Holy spirit just illuminate this and, and show me what it is. Bring that, it to light. Yeah. Give me, give me some light on this, something I need to know, or I'm going to use today, or I'm going to encourage somebody with. And sometimes there's some fairly interesting parts of scripture I'm going through. And it's just like, it's not doing anything. It, it's, it's there. I'm reading it. I'm going through it. it. It's, it's great. It's glorious. It's good. And then you get to a certain section and all of a sudden it's just the lights go on. And so uh, I would encourage you to try to read through it. I think they call Leviticus, what, the speed bump of the Bible? It can, uh, I've some, called it that. Yeah. yeah, for some people. I would encourage you to, to, to read through it. And if you're not, if it's not do it, just keep going and just read through it. And, and maybe the Lord will shed some light on something. But if not, just read through it. I mean, it's not that long. And, and you know, don't feel guilty and not pick up your Bible the next day, you know. But yeah, a little bit, Leviticus can be a little rough. I love all the the wars and everything going on, you know, with the Kings and the Chronicles and everything going on with them. And the, the, um, first and second Samuel are awesome books. Wow. Those are, there's action in those books. We should get the movie rights to that, man. That would be pretty cool. You know, it's uh one of the Psalms. The Psalmist says, open my eyes that I may see wondrous things from your word. I think that's a really good prayer to pray. There you when go. You sit down to read the scriptures, Lord, open my eyes to see the wonders of your word. And, um, and just to recognize that there are some, there are some wondrous things to be found even within the, um, the genealogies of the scripture. Um, I get it. Sometimes there are some passages of scripture that can be a little bit redundant, but a lot of times you're talking about books like Kings and Chronicles, Chronicles especially. And, and one of the things that you do see as you go through the Chronicles, I I think there's a few values that come out in looking at the genealogies of those passages. One is that they support the historical reality of the Bible that um, these are not just stories that were made up by somebody. These are actual people who lived in actual places at an actual period in history, and God worked in and through these individuals. So the fact that God uh, inspired the writers of Scripture to record these names tells us that, hey, these things actually happened at a specific point in history. And so I think that sometimes looking at the genealogies helps us just to acknowledge the, the history of it. One of the other things is that, you know, God... He inspired these guys to record this detail for a reason. So sometimes it is that whole thing of Psalm 119, Lord, open my eyes to behold the wonders in your word. What do you what do you want to speak out of the fact that you recorded so and so begat so and so who begat so and so who begat so and so over and over and over again? Well, and then I like the little sometimes there's little lines and like and he did not walk in the way of his right, father. I some, tell you, as a dad, uh-huh. 
I would every time I would go through that, I'd look and I go, man, I want it to be said of my children that they walked in the ways of the Lord, that they got that from me. That was yeah. important to me, and it was always a reminder to me. Yeah, so, I would say at least know, once read through all those genealogies because you're right. There are some kind of in between the so and so got so and so. There's a line here or there that tells you about some mighty man of valor who killed a an a lion with a spear on a snowy day. You know, it's like yeah. you read these passages and you're just like, man, that is some 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 really good stuff there. So God cares about the details so much so that he inspired people to record these things. I think that it informs us that God cares about the little insignificant details of our own lives. You know, uh, sometimes we think God's only dealing with those big things way out on the edge of the universe, whatever it may be. And, uh, but God's involved in the little details of our lives as well. And sometimes the lives of these people can teach us some, some important spiritual lessons. Like one of the things that comes out when you study through the genealogies is you realize, realize uh, who was it who lived at different times and what was going on in the world at that time, because it gives you kind of a temporal marker of the scriptures of where these things were taking place. And uh, one of the things that you begin to see is like the northern tribes of Israel, because the nation was split in right. two. You know, you have all these kings, not a single one of those kings served God. So like you were saying that he did not do what was right in the eyes of the Lord. Right. So you just see this long thing. And you go, why did the nation fall apart? Well, because every one of their kings did not do what was right in the sight of the Lord. Right. Or you, you know, you take the king and there's a few of them that, you know, oh, he did, he did pretty good was, you know, my new international mark interpret. He did pretty good, but he didn't cut down the high places. Right. Everything was good until, yeah, it's kind of little thing in the margins. Mostly good. And so, right. uh, Things like that. So I, uh, walk uh, in the light. Yeah. Did you, you, are there ever books of the Bible that you've skipped for a while? Oh, you, your you're probably, I know what you're talking about. You've been staying out of Job. I don't anymore, but I did oh, okay. for years. Yeah, why'd you stay out of Job? Because something horrible would always happen to me and my family. I'm like, wait, and it always happens when <laughs> I was reading sounds Job. Like, that sounds and, like, like Tom Brady wearing the same prayer, pair of socks through the whole season because he thinks that this is going to, you know, help and, him win the Super Bowl. Hang on a second. And how many Super Bowls did he win? All right, all right. Uh, yeah, yeah, anyway, okay, it bad example. It wasn't the Sox, Tom. No, it probably wasn't. But, <laughs> I don't you think know, Tom's listening. But yeah, yeah, hey, Tom, if, you if you're listening, listening, text us. It was us. the Sox. Yeah. 814-1223, area code 760. Oh, man. So. Yeah, that guy's got a hard life, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, I'm absolutely sure. No. Anyway, you know, I mean, I, I'm... It's hard to but be it was that just, good at football. It was weird. It kept happening again and again, and I was just like, oh. Maybe we I should send this to Steve Neal, and he can pass it on to there Tom. you go. The Steve, the Tom, you listen to these guys are talking about you. Yeah, they're talking about you. Oh my a couple gosh. of Christians yeah. in the North. Yeah, I don't, I don't skip it anymore. Okay. But number nine, last one. Number nine. When we all die and also the rapture happens, what will the Holy Spirit's function be in heaven? Didn't we get asked this question a few weeks ago? Yeah, this one was sent to me from the same phone number, but it said in big letters, anonymous. <laughs> Who is old anonymous? Yeah. Miss Dorothy. Yeah. We got your question. So what is the Holy Spirit going to be doing in heaven? She didn't I, like have, the, I she, have no idea. Yeah. I don't know what the Holy Spirit's going to be doing in heaven. He's going to be doing Holy Spiriting. Whatever the Holy Spirit does in heaven. When the Bible is silent, I choose to remain silent. When we all die and also the rapture happens, what will the Holy Spirit function be in heaven? Yeah, I don't know. You got any? You got any ideas on this one? No, man. There's going to be. I, I can't think of a there's single verse. Be, we know there's going to be praise and worship. There's not a verse that says the Holy Spirit is going to be hanging it out, hanging around over at Alpha Centauri or something. I yeah, think. I don't know. There's there's going to be there's going to be feasting. There's going to be feasting. There's going to be worship. There's going to be the marriage supper of the Lamb. There's going to be the new heaven and the new earth. 
You know, we used to say to people when we were young Christians, we go, dude, are you going to be at the marriage supper of the lamb or are you going to be cooking? Oh, man, that's devastating. It wasn't turn or burn. They go, what does that mean? And then it was, you know, an entry to talk to hell about heaven and hell. How not to share your faith. It was, that was my, yeah, don't do that. You know, we could do do it with other Christians. We could totally do a uh, 101 on what not to say. There you go. And another one would go, you know, like if somebody was Christian was getting off the tracks a little bit. Uh Bro, I'm doubting your salvation right now. And then, yeah, it would always, always lead to a peaceful discussion. So I had fun as a young Christian. I hope you're having fun as a slightly older Christian. No, I'm, I'm, having, I'm having hysterical fun that's as what, an older I mean, Christian. I'm this having, podcast proves it. I'm having more fun in my life right now. For those people out there that don't know Jesus and aren't walking with Jesus, I am having more fun as a 55-year-old guy in my life than years old. ever in my life. I am, man. Wow. Everything is, it's glorious. TikTok, TikTok. Hey. One step closer to heaven. There you go, man. We used to say the quicker to glory plan. I'm going out mountain biking with the guys tonight. Who knows? I got a little Bible study to do tonight, too, with a group of guys. There we go. Afterwards, we're going to be talking about Jesus and tacos later on, too. We're not talking about tacos. Why? Really? What are you guys going to be eating? No tacos. Nothing. I got nothing. What are you, on a hunger strike? No. I'm just not as cool as you guys. Come on, man. It's all good. Why can't you guys come and hang out with us and eat tacos? I don't know. Is it because I'm a, a premillennial, post-tribulation, Calvinist, predestination, amillennialness person? There's so much wrong with that question. Every every single thing I just said was wrong. I saw uh, Star Wars last night again. Which one? The, it was the last one when Luke Skywalker was in there. Oh, yeah. And it was great. Twice in the movie somebody goes and down a little just a very short monologue he goes that's amazing and they look and he goes everything you just said was completely wrong hmm it was great spectacular yeah well anyways opinion kylo ren is a whiny millennial supervillain. he's the worst villain ever i don't know whether i need to spank him or send him to his room. Are you saying that Han Solo did a bad job of parenting? He him? did zero parenting. Man. He was an absentee father, Han Solo. Busy flying around the universe, you know, committing crimes, I guess. All while Kylo's mom was saving the universe. What was she doing? Yeah, she was responsible. And then Uncle Luke just totally checked out and went to the backside of some who knows where. Yeah, he fell off the falafel cart. That was no good. He was a bit of a whiner, too. No wonder that. Dare I say that the Star Wars universe has, uh, well, yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, you mentioned in the service. You mentioned in the service. It was May 4th. You got to May the 4th be with you kind of thing. No, it was Cinco de Mayo. Well, yeah, we had May the 4th and then Cinco de Mayo. You know, I was kind of, I was coming off of the May the 4th be with you thing and, Going into the Cinco de Mayo, whoa, we just had a light go off. Ooh, that's not I good. think God was just saying, this needs to stop. Shut it down, boys. Shut it down. You know our new worship guy is a total Star Wars fan? He's got like Star Wars figures in his office and everything. Action figures. Right his birthday's there. coming up. Really? Should, should we get him some like Yoda pajamas or something? you think he listens to this? Probably not. Man, we're stretching in past the 60-minute mark in a big way here. Oh, well. Do you think he's cool enough to listen to us? 
Anthony, do you listen to us? We're gonna find out. We're gonna find out. We'll see. You know what? And then our people this weekend. Oh, you got a you got a Mother's Day. I just Mother's Day. You know what? Let's see. We gotta. You know, I I think I just want them to come up and say, "Hey, I listen to you guys." That's all you want them to say? No, you know what? You can tell in honor of Mother's Day. In honors of my in honors of my. Oh, I think I I'm gonna. Speak. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna say, you know what? I listen to dear old mom. You listen to dear old mom. I listen to dear old mom. That's the code word. If you're listening and you get to hour sixty, whatever this is, then you can come and let Mark know that on Sunday. Or Miles, you can let me know too. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. Be looking for you. I'm looking forward to this. We got a you know a free special limited. We edition. do have a Chris or a um, a Mother's Day gift for the moms. That's what we do. It's very pink. Very pink. Oh, I love speaking it. Speaking of pink, come Sunday. Ooh man. Oh boy. I can't wait. It's going to be spectacular. All right. Signing off. We'll see you Sunday. May the force be with you. May the fourth be with you. <laughs> Goodbye. God bless, God bless you guys.